Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts with John Stephenson. John understands the importance of being prepared. Through rain, rocks, and snow, he has seen it all and survived. He has seen major disasters like Mount St. Helens and how vehicles were stopped in the street from the volcanic ash. Earthquakes, too, including the Loma Prieta earthquake, which felt like it wouldn't stop shaking. People were without electricity and could not hardly buy groceries or gasoline. The homeless lit bonfires in the streets. The Bay Bridge and other freeways were broken. God only knows what will be next. Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts by John Stephenson. We invite Jesus Christ with and through the Holy Spirit as we prepare to preserve our lives, our families' lives, and others. Alexander the Great was a famous Macedonian, like that's from Greece, and that was about in the year 330 B.C. when he conquered much of the known world. One of his famous quotes was translated into English in three somewhat different, somewhat similar words, terms, and they are fortune favors the bold or fortune favors the brave or fortune favors the prepared mind. I like the prepared mind translation probably because I think of preparedness thoughts. And I think of preparedness as applying to us, spiritually, mentally, and physically. To be prepared spiritually means to have a committed personal relationship with Jesus Christ, faithfully following Jesus right into heaven. Now, to be prepared mentally is to think and consider about how you would prepare for whatever various situations that you can think of. And how about to be prepared physically? Now, this is interesting because everybody thinks differently and applies their own understanding to practical steps in very different ways. Good ways, uh, but different ways, because we are each different people, and that's the way we are. We can pretty much be sure that we won't be like Alexander the Great, who was the king of Macedonia and who was rich and who was a great military general and who was a dynamic leader of men. But us, probably, we all are just going to be regular guys and gals who want a peaceful life and want to be safe and not in danger of starving to death or dying from any other number of causes which are common. So, some time ago, we each had our own concerns, but I think the most common concern that has gone on throughout time has been to have good, clean water and good food. And now that's what Alexander the Great's army wanted, and... I think it's interesting to note that their food, as far as we can call tell, was called spelt. Spelt is the parent of, the, of our modern grain. And I think that's a very good choice of a wheat. So it, it, it seems to be just a little bit better. And you can buy spelt, but you have to look for it. It's not like it's easy to find, but you can find it. It disperses its energy over a longer period of time than modern wheat, and that can be a good thing. But we all have to make our own evaluations for what it is we want and how we want to be prepared for the just-in-case situations. Wheat is a fundamental for me, but I also like the other basics like sugar, salt, and oil. Remember the oil, because oil is essential. Just have a little bit on hand. Whatever you do, do something, because something is important to everyone. Start your preparations today before you have an urgent need, and what you want is hard to find. This is episode 52. Your letters with questions or donations are important. 
John Stephenson, P.O. Box 7222, Chico, California, 95927. Email prepareforgod at usa.com or call 628-7222. Thank you for listening to Preparedness Thoughts on KKXX. My Savior God to Thee. How great Thou art. How great Thou art. Settle up your horses. Welcome to Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter. This is the program that proclaims liberty to the captives of our beloved nation, where truth trumps political correctness, where the uncompromised Word of God exposes the works of darkness and sets free those held hostage behind the iron curtain of a shamelessly biased media. For God has called us to stand for truth, and having done all to stand, we will stand. It's time to fight the good fight of faith to preserve our country, our families, fortunes, and sacred honor to protect our property, our schools, and yes, maybe even salvage some of our churches. America, we have a trail to blaze. It's time to saddle up. It's time to ride. Now, here is your host of Red Sky Radio, Rob Walter. Well, hello, America, and welcome, world, to Red Sky Radio, where we ride hard for the brand, the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Packed, packed program today. We are going to spend a considerable amount of time on the Sri Lankan disaster, uh, that situation from a political standpoint, from a biblical standpoint, why it's significant, what the media is not saying, not saying they're necessarily hiding it, but they are. They just aren't coming out with some points that you're going to hear in this program. Probably the second half of this program can take up the second half. Or a little bit more. We'll get to it later, but that's going to be the dominant part of the program. We're going to start with some other stories. I am going to fly through things today. I've got a lot to cover. I'm going to try not to get bogged down on anything, so let's get going. But before I forget, if you want to reach me, you can at info at redskyradio.net. Info at redskyradio.net. And all of those of you listening out in the South Asia area who are particularly attuned to the Sri Lankan tragedy, there's there's something in this for all of us to learn and to draw from. So I don't want you to go away just because the first portion of this program is going to be spent largely on American-related issues. However, as you have heard me say, ad nauseum. There's really nothing that happens here that doesn't apply elsewhere or that happens elsewhere that doesn't apply here. Same gods everywhere, same enemy is everywhere, same battle is everywhere, same issues are everywhere. They may take a little different shape and form from time to time as certain countries are at certain stages in their growth, their ascendancy, or their descendancy. If they're going downward, there are certain patterns biblically established, but let's get rolling here. This is going to strike you as the weirdest good news piece you've ever heard. So I'll get it out there, but then I'll explain it. It's all of the lawsuits that are coming out against the Boy Scouts of America for sexual abuse. You say, why, Rob, could that possibly be good news? Here's why. I want to run back 22 years when I did the first radio program. I didn't have a regular program until about 15 years ago. But I did various solo things here and there for six or seven years before I had a regular program. But I covered way back then the despicable actions of three particular organizations that were angry at the Boy Scouts because they didn't let in allegedly homosexual boys. They were Levi Strauss, the gene maker, and since 1997, I have not bought one pair, not one stinking pair of Levi's, Wranglers only, 
And the other two are banks, Bank of America and Wells Fargo. You want to know where that Wells Fargo stage is going? Well, I'll tell you, it's headed to Brokeback Mountain. I, I, those three companies went immor- were immoral on steroids in bashing the Boy Scouts. Ultimately, the Boy Scouts, not that long after, gave in at the first level. I said, it's the end of the Boy Scouts. The Boy Scouts are over once they started letting in homosexual boys. Because, I said, it's only a matter of time before they go to homosexual scout leaders, which they did. And the homosexual scout leaders have been abusing boys because, let's face it, 100%, not 95, not 96, not 97, not 98, not 99%, 100% of the sex abuse cases in the Boy Scouts is homosexual. It's queer guys preying on little boys. Now, the reason that all of these lawsuits are a good sign, there are things passed. Nothing about the lawsuit is going to change what's happened over here, but here's what's happening because of the lawsuits. It's going to drive the Boy Scouts into bankruptcy. They're going to be on the verge of bankruptcy very soon, and they're going to be belly up, BK, Chapter 11, Chapter 7, whatever you want. They're going to be over and out. And the death of the Boy Scouts needs to come sooner or later, than, rather than later, because they've gone to they've gone to allegedly homosexual little boys, which is absolutely bogus, to queer scout leaders who have ravaged boys on camp on cookouts and campouts and what have you, to trannies. I mean, when you when you start down a slippery slope, slope that's why it's a slippery slope. You can't stop it. It's over and out. And the sooner the Boy Scouts come to an end in facilitating the sodomization of little boys, the better. Now, I know there's been a great work in Boy Scouts historically. I know a lot of people who've been very committed to the organization. But when the organization changes, you need to change your allegiance. And there are alternatives. 100%. You know, it's kind of, well, okay. I don't want to spend any more time on that. Next piece of good news brought to you by Las Vegas Red Sky Radio Bureau Chief Billy, who brought this article to my attention. Thank you, Billy. Uh, If you want an interesting read, watch, and listen, uh, go to Black Conservative Patriot. You can pick it up on YouTube or uh, online. And just a couple days ago, this story broke about, which the mainstream media, of course, will not cover that they are finding the location of the 49,000 missing emails from Hillary Clinton's server. And where did they end up? They ended up predominantly in two places. Anthony Weiner's laptop and the White House. So Mr. Barack, Mr. Obama, I mean, they didn't go to him necessarily directly, but they didn't go to just an executive. They went to the White House. The people who are listed there in this, and you just have to look it up, where some of them were White House employees. That's how close this whole thing is to the president. So go take a look at it. Now, this is good news for uh, several reasons. N- number one, first and foremost, it's just time. You know, you ever had that, that situation? When you, I'm sure you had it from probably grade school on, where some kid has done wrong, you know he's done wrong. The teacher doesn't know he's done wrong. You, you and you sort of don't want to rat on the kid, but you want justice to be served, right? Wasn't that MLK Jr. that said, you know, justice delayed is justice denied? Maybe he didn't say that. I don't know. But anyway, and not necessarily applicable in this situation. You just want the right thing to happen. And you want it so badly, you don't want people doing wrong and getting away with it. Well, fortunately, Scripture says that there's nothing done in secret that won't be revealed. And the shenanigans of Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton and all the other Democrats they surround themselves with will come to light at some point. But I have to say, I wondered why it's so late. 
And this is what I feel like was revealed to me. As I was pondering this story that Billy sent to me and vetting it, is Trump doesn't need any more help winning the last election. That's what sounds crazy. No, he doesn't need any more help beating Hillary Clinton. She's done and gone over and out. One and well, no, she's twice and done, right? The twice failed Democratic candidate, Hillary Clinton. I wish they'd introduce her that way, like they always introduce John McCain, the twice failed Republican candidate. It's just another little tidbit insight into the bias of the media, but I digress. Trump doesn't need more help winning the last election. He needs help winning the next election. So what will come out if this thing proceeds and it's going to need Hannity's help and a whole bunch of other people to get out there because the mainstream isn't going to cover it? They're not going to besmirch their darling Barack in any way, shape, or form. Like Chris Matthews, the guy who said, Barack causes a tingle to run up my leg. But Chris Matthews, of course, doesn't know the difference between a tingle running up his leg and tinkle running down it. But nonetheless, this these are bullets that would have been wasted had they come out in the last election. Now, we didn't know that, but Trump won without this information. But this information can clearly help him in 2020 to show that once again all the corruption all the collusion in the world is on the democrat side of the table colluding to defeat clinton at, or to defeat trump at all levels department of justice fbi executive branch i'm thinking about getting a t-shirt that says obama still sucks Sorry, I'm sorry, maybe that offends you people, but some of you. But it's true. And and another reason he still does, and Clinton still does, you'll hear about in just a minute. But Trump doesn't need to attack Clinton, obviously. He doesn't even need to attack Joe Biden, who just came out. He needs to attack the media. The media is going to attack him. So this is how he blew everybody away in the last election. Is he actually dared to take on the media? Because most Republicans think that if you can play nicey-nice with the media, that somehow they'll be nice back. They're wrong, and they're wrong 100% of the time. They're like the Charlie Browns who keep thinking that, okay, this time Lucy won't pull the ball out from under me. But she keeps doing it. Charlie Brown keeps landing on his head after there's no football to kick. He doesn't learn. He keeps thinking that they're going to change. Well, the leopard can't change his spots, as Scripture says. But in any event, this is the, this is the way the, the Dems operate. And the next point I want to make to this thing as to why it's sort of good, because they, the Dems will move an extra crazy fashion to try to cover their own, to cover Hillary, to cover Brock, and they're going to get more outrageous. They're going to become more theatrical. You will see more binge hatred from the left. And that will drive people to the right. It'll drive people to Trump. And oddly enough, the best thing for Trump is to have the media just sort of go bonkers. And I, I've, I alluded to this last week, but I need to say it in more precise terms. Nancy Pelosi strong arm to kill impeachment proceedings in the House is simply because she has been around long enough and notwithstanding the brain deadness, she has, she has enough experience to understand that pushing impeachment will push Trump further up in the polls. I mean, these are the, uh, so she's killing it. I mean, the, the, the Mueller thing uh, went bust. Everything has gone bust. So, you know, they suffer from this sort of delusion syndrome. What I kind of call this combination of that which is dumb, which is that which is evil, I call it the moronic demonic. But the more moronic and the more demonic they become, the more they unintentionally marginalize themselves 
and do Donald Trump and the American people a great favor. Okay, next piece. Gosh, I can't spend time on this. I got to get going really fast. But it's a gal, Alexandria O'Brien, who had a restaurant called The Handsome Her, a vegan cafe. I don't know what vegan is. I guess, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know the difference between vegan and vegetarian, but I don't really want to know. It doesn't apply to me anyway. Just give me a nice prime rib. Anyway, she did, they closed their restaurant, but the restaurant was dedicated to a couple of things, and one of which was to offer women preferred seating, and then number two, to charge men 18% surcharge for which they called a man tax to, quote, reflect the gender pay gap, end quote. As though Alexandria here, Alexandra, isn't it interesting? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Alexandra O'Brien here. I mean, what's with this name all of a sudden? I don't know. Anyway, they come out and the gender pay gap. Well, they have no idea if some guy or guys come in there, have worked for women, and their pay is less. She has no way of knowing. But her reasoning was really amazing. She said, we didn't think this was too radical of an idea, yet the world responded and showed us how fragile masculinity is and solidified the necessity for us to confront and dismantle patriarchy. Okay. One shows how fragile masculinity is. No, you know what's fragile, Alexandra, is when you feminazis, to use a rush term from 20 years ago, when you believe that what you're guilty of is actually what somebody else is guilty of. Toxic masculinity, uh, uh, fragile masculinity. Look, I don't support any aspect of Joe Biden's so-called friendly fondling. Of all these women, of course, they cut Joe a pass for something he's done a gazillion times in recent years, but they skewer Kavanaugh for something he did 35 years ago, so they alleged, and they couldn't even prove he did it once, but it was 35 years ago. But Biden gets a pass for all his friendly fondling he's done in the last 10 to 20 years, up to and including in the last year or two, but he gets a pass, and we know it's true. It's not even false, It's but it's also recent, and it's also Many, many, many times. So don't get me wrong that I am somehow legitimizing Joe the fondler here. But we are at a point where any view or look askance, the slightest thing becomes sexual harassment. The microaggressions, which are leveled, unfortunately, against males way disproportionately. And this woman's talking about Fragile masculinity? I want to tell you what's fragile here. Anytime some little hag like this decides it's okay to cheat men and rip off men and deal unjustly, as as the Bible makes very clear, you're dealing with unjust weights. So what if I ran a store and I charged a buck for a box of cereal to men and a buck 18 to women? I mean, this is this woman's mentality. I, you know, I spent too much time on that. Sorry, apologize. Next thing, the Dems keep going farther left in an attempt to buy more votes. Elizabeth Warren proposing using taxpayer money to pay off $1.25 trillion in student debt. You know who should be really ticked, really ticked? I'm ticked, but who should be really ticked is the guy or the gal who decided not to go to college, but actually maybe in many cases go out and get some real jobs like welding or plumbing or contracting or masonry, you name it. They've learned a trade. They've learned a skill, a necessary skill, a a necessary trade in our society, a good scale pay, and they, with their tax money, have to turn around and support and relieve all the yin-yangs who got worthless degrees in college and now are up to their eyeballs in debt. Stupid for the degree and stupid for the debt. Well, okay, end of that story. Keep moving along. Next one, church membership in America has now hit a historic low. Record-keeping for those people who belong to churches, 
started in 1937. 1937, folks. That's a long time to be tracking church membership. It has never been lower in U.S. history. And amazingly, a 40% drop just since the year 2000. You wonder why we're having problems? You wonder why the left is, is seemingly has control of everything? Because the Christians have surrendered. Stuck on stupid in California. Here's Gavin Newsom, 2017. He's, he, he was a big supporter of the increased taxes on gasoline, hiking the fuel taxes to fight global warming. And then in 2018, when they had an initiative to repeal all those taxes, Gavin Gruesome was out there fighting against the repeal. Now California gas prices are north of 4 bucks a gallon. So what does Newsom do? He is demanding an investigation as to why the state's gas prices are so high. Yeah, you heard me right. Gavin, we can answer this without a high-priced, taxpayer-funded investigation. Why don't you just, uh, we know that you're a pretty boy who loves to look in the mirror. So why don't you, we'll, we'll, we'll prove to you who's re- partly responsible for the high gas prices in California. You just take a trip down your hallway, hang a right turn into the bathroom, another right turn, face the mirror, and the cause is staring you there in the face. Bill de Blasio, we are going to ban glass and steel skyscrapers in New York as part of New York's contribution to the New Green Deal. Now, I would not have brought this up except for the companion piece to his interview on Joey Scarborough's show. He said, we're warning property owners about having to face massive fines unless buildings are retrofitted to reduce emissions. Retrofitting skyscrapers to reduce emissions. Ah, the foolishness of the reprobate mind. And the Dems talk about the Republicans being Nazis, but it's the Democrats who issue these orders to control and dictate everybody's life. The whole, okay, let's. I, I need to move on. I got to keep going here. I got one more thing to cover. One more before we get to the Sri Lankan matter, which we are going to cover in detail, and things that you have not heard on the media. And I just found out a couple of hours ago that not at all times, but at some times, apparently, we have somewhere close to 5,000 listeners in Sri Lanka to Red Sky Radio. So I will say, before I even get to this other piece, to my Sri Lankan brothers and sisters, I have grieved personally over this event more than most bombings and suicide attacks by Islamo whack jobs. This one, I don't, it has bothered me. I was up at 2.30 this morning thinking about it. I've been asked to preach this coming Sunday at a church in Arizona. And I was wondering, what am I going to preach on? Didn't have it Monday. I thought I had something. I wanted to deal with rejection. It didn't land. It didn't land in my heart. Flatter and a pancake. And then discouragement. Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday, I finally yield to that which God has always used whenever I've talked. And that is if there's something that happened on Monday or Tuesday that's of biblical significance and God gives me the answer or at least a good part of the answer which needs to be addressed while that issue is ripe, I'm not going to wait a week or uh, unless I'm otherwise directed or it's trumped by yet even a greater, more contemporary event. So I've yielded, and I'm going to be preaching this Sunday on this Sri Lankan matter and how it relates to all Christians everywhere in the entire world, because it does. And if people in Illinois or Montana or Mexico City or London or Beijing think that they're free from this, you are sadly and sorely mistaken.
The enemy's everywhere. But praise God, God's everywhere too. Okay, I got to finish up this other piece, and I, I I jumped into it prematurely, but that's just a little bit of taste. What's going to follow the break here? Two bills were killed this week by governors who vetoed born alive protection acts. In other words, children who survive an abortion attempt. This bill would protect their lives. Both of them were vetoed, one in Wisconsin by the relatively recently elected Governor Tony Evers, a Democrat. It matters who you elect, folks. There's going to be some there're going to be some children who die in Wisconsin because they elected a Democratic governor. And in North Carolina, Roy Cooper, a Democrat who, by the way, won with less than 1% of the vote. 1% of the vote. These are two governors who support, as we say, fourth trimester abortions. Kill them while they're still on the table. Just after they're out, if you want, you don't want them. Children who will die in North Carolina because in North Carolina, not enough godly people showed up at the polls. And you'll have in North Carolina the consequence of failing to go vote for a godly candidate who would have signed this bill and who will have kept alive a number of children. Is it at the hands of the governor? Yes, but it's also at the hands of the people of North Carolina and Wisconsin. Sorry, that's just the way it is, folks. You have an obligation to get to the polls and do a godly thing. I don't support this thing that does, people say, I don't care what you do, just go there and vote. Well, I don't want no brain, no brain-dead people. People are totally uninformed who get a, a, um, a voting idea from a Twitter feed that's 12 words long and they go vote on that. I'm not interested in ignorant masses voting who don't have a clue. But I'm especially upset when Christians remain ignorant or and or apathetic and don't go to the polls. And as a consequence, there'll be children, very freshly born babies in Wisconsin and North Carolina that will die. It's up to us. You get the government you deserve, as James Madison said. Well, as a lead-in, a little bit further lead-in, we're coming up to a break here, but what follows here? The Sri Lankan tragedy is it a tragedy at multiple levels. As I've said, what happened there can happen tomorrow in Phoenix. It could happen the next day in Cheyenne, Wyoming. The places, folks, did it not happen at that little rural church in Texas a couple years ago? What was it, Sutherland Springs or something, where the whack job came in and killed all the people in that church? Not all the people, but a whole time, like 59 people or something were killed in that church. It can happen anywhere. And it will happen in more places because we are dealing with, with an enemy who came to steal to kill and destroy. That's what he did in Sri Lanka. And we are going to cover when we get back the pathetic, embarrassing response of leaders in the U.S. to that tragedy and what the Sri Lankans can take hope in. We'll be right back. Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter is a listener-supported program. Please know that 100% of your contribution goes to pay for airtime so that as many people as possible are able to hear that the Word of God has answers to every meaningful problem and issue in life. No one gets paid a salary at Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter, but in response to your support, we pledge to bring you the most timely and critical information you need to help make informed decisions in this age of media bias and a growing hostility to all things Christian. Your partnership makes you one of the watchmen on the wall with us, as described in the book of Ezekiel. Please send your support to Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 
1-800-273-8538. Thank you. Rob Wolter, we are back. Red Sky Radio. The Sri Lankan bombing. This thing just broke my heart. And I just keep reading about all the children, the grieving parents, and I get angry. I can't deny that I get angry at at multiple levels over something like this. And it's certainly not against the Sri Lankans for a what might have been a lack of security or a way to avoid these things. But I'll just say here at the onset, this should be a wake-up call, along with the killing in Texas, for churches to have security. I don't want to go to a church anymore that somebody is that there's no one armed. I really don't. Why? I mean, it's they say, well, God will protect you. Yes, there are times I mean, God will protect us, but when we can protect ourselves, relying, on course, on God to direct us in that, he doesn't relieve us of the responsibility to act on our own behalf. You say, well, God will take care. He'll feed us. Yeah, he'll feed us. But does that mean we we don't have to work? God will just will just bring a raven by our, our front door with a, with a cheeseburger every morning or afternoon or something? Of course not. He will provide for us by providing the job. Yes, there are times when people have been miraculously spared without the use of firearms and security. But Jesus said, hey, sell your robe and buy a sword when you go out there. We have a role to play. Now, in the Sri Lankan case, I want to start out with summarizing what happened in one sentence. The Sri Lankan bombings was a case of a coordinated Muslim attack killing a bunch of innocent Christians. Even shortened up more, it would simply be this. A lot of Muslims coordinated together to kill an enormous amount of Christians. What are we up to, 350? Now, I realize not all of those were in church. Some of those were in the hotel, but the great majority of the deaths were in the various churches there. And I want to start with the absolute disgusting response of some so-called leaders in the United States. And I want to apologize, first of all, to the Sri Lankans, second of all, to people everywhere, that we have such losers as Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama who have no guts, no cojones, frankly, no morals, and are so biased to not call a spade a spade here. These are their two tweets. Barack Hussein, the attacks on tourists, and Easter worshipers in Sri Lanka are an attack on humanity, and he he drones on. Hillary, on this holy weekend for many faiths, well, wait a second. Let me just stop there, Hillary. For many faiths, how many faiths Celebrate Easter. Easter is the quintessential Christian celebration. Jesus' birth means nothing. His death means nothing, as I said last week, without a resurrection. The resurrection is the game changer. There's only one faith that celebrates Easter, Hillary. This is how stinking removed you are from reality Look, we know Obama's pro-Muslim. He called himself a Muslim. I still got that video where he called himself a Muslim. So we know his bias. That's why I call him Barack Hussein. (laughs) But Clinton is arguably worse because she maybe fakes Christianity even more than Barack fakes it. And Barack faked it. And a a lot of people fell for the fake. But Hillary doesn't fake anything well. But on this holy weekend for many faiths, Hillary, I'm here to tell you, 
Only one faith celebrates Easter, Christians. There were not Buddhists out celebrating Easter. I'm not here to beat up on Buddhists. Muslims weren't selling Easter. The Hare Krishna were not selling, celebrating Easter. None of them are Easter worshipers, only Christians. So let me continue her quote. On this holy weekend for many faiths, we must stand united against hatred and violence. I'm praying for everyone affected. I'd like to hear her prayer. Her only prayer is that Donald Trump will have a miserable premature death. But she says, I'm praying for everyone affected by today's horrific attacks on Easter worshipers in Sri Lanka. So let me ask this very fundamental question. When have you ever used the term, or when have you ever heard the term Easter worshipers? Folks, I am now in my 60s. I feel like I'm 25, but I'm in my 60s. I've never heard that term my entire life. Easter worshipers. And magically, amazingly, both Baraki baby and Hillary baby use the same terms on the same day, and they're terms no one uses ever. Do you think they're coordinated? Do you think they've been talking together? Do you think they work out of the same demonic playbook? Because neither one of them have the guts, neither one of them have the cojones to call Christians Christians. Here's what they can't say. Today, Muslim whack jobs killed a bunch of Christians, including a whole bunch of little boys and girls. But Brock, I don't, I don't want to spend time on his quote. He made a point, as did a whole bunch of other people when the bombing in Christchurch, New Zealand, where the Muslim church was bombing. He made a point of saying over and over, these are Muslims that were killed. Attack on Muslims, an attack on Muslims. Come on, Brock, grow a pair. The attack was on Christians. It wasn't, East, it wasn't Easter worshipers. There are no Easter worshipers other than Christians. Quit using these demonic playbook euphemisms. Gosh, I can't stand those two. And you say, I'll pray for them. Look, I will pray for the lost. I will pray for Christians who have gone sideways and struggling. But those who hold and use the word of truth and the word of God unrighteously and fake Christianity... I got no more use for than the ones Jesus had to use for the money changers in the temple and the scribes and Pharisees that he drove out with a bullwhip because they were perverting the faith. It's one thing to not have faith. It's another thing to pervert the faith. And for those, I struggle praying. In fact, struggle to the point that I really don't even try. Sorry if I haven't met your expectation. I got a 12-page letter from a guy the other day saying, hey, you're a fake Christian. Because some people you don't pray for. Well, I want to say to that gentleman and anybody else who feels likewise, I'm up to four different places in Scripture now, four, where the Lord has said, you don't need to pray for these people, and in fact, prohibited it. One place in the New Testament, he says, you don't, don't, you don't have to pray for these people. And three places in the Old Testament, which isn't old, it's just part of the Scripture, he said, forbids praying and interceding for certain people. So there you go. Okay, so obviously these two are pack of, a couple of hypocrites. They're two peas in the pod, Barack and, and, and Hillary. But you may, and, and, I, and you know what, if you think that, that I've been too strong in this attack, I, you know what, I, I don't apologize. I really don't. This is, what they cannot say is that a bunch of Muslims slaughtered a bunch of Christians, including a lot of little boys and girls. That's what it is all summed up. Point number two. Well, you know what? I already covered point number two. Obama calling uh, his def- no guts to call Christians Christians, but he's there calling Muslims Muslims at every step of the way. Sorry, I, cover. I, I brought number one and two together. Point number three. The Sri Lankan killing is fundamentally different in many, many ways than the killing that went on of the Muslims in Christchurch, which I am not saying I support, folks. Don't get me wrong. It's just that the media and the celebrities have gone overboard in New Zealand about that killing, but there's a deafening silence 
about this killing. But there is a fundamental difference here, fundamental differences. First of all, the number killed. What did we have, 49 that died in uh, Christchurch? We're up to what, pushing 350? So for number one, we have 700% more Christians killed than Muslims. Just going to point that out. You would think the media would direct its attention somewhat proportionate to the degree of the tragedy. The more that are dead, the more time you would spend on it. But not if you're biased, not if you're a liar, not if you're a hypocrite, not if you're a deceiver, which is what as the defining characteristics of the media and has now become the DNA of the Democrat Party. Number point number two under point number three. Let's call it let's say, okay, the number killed point A under three. We got three A, here's three B. The number wounded, we're up over five hundred wounded. There weren't that many. There, how many were wounded in Christchurch? Very few, relatively speaking, but sort of making the same point. Point number three. In Sri Lanka, it was Muslims killing Christians. In New Zealand, it was not Christians killing Muslims. The guy in New Zealand was whacked. He had a hatred. Yeah, he was a he 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 hated Muslims, but there was nothing in this guy's history that motivated from the him from the Bible nor any indication that he was an adherent to Christianity. Not not a shred of evidence. But there's no question but what this was an attack by one religious group, the Muslims in Sri Lanka against Christians. Point three D, okay? There was one guy in New Zealand, one whack job. In Sri Lanka, it is a multi-person, coordinated attack, premeditated at a multinational level against Christians. There's a fundamental difference here, folks. You got one whack job in New Zealand, and you got a multinational coordinated attack on multiple fronts by a lot of people in Sri Lanka. All premeditated for religious purposes exclusively. Point. Well, yeah, okay, my, I got I my, my fifth point here underneath this thing is that. Yeah, how do I say this? I got. I got. I, I want to say this right. I don't need any more hate mail. Well, I'm going to slip in something else before it, <laughs> before I come to my con- conclusion here. ISIS is claiming credit, and that this the bombing in New Zealand. I'm sorry, the bombing in Sri Lanka was a retaliation for the killing in New Zealand. The problem here with this Muslim thinking is that it wasn't Sri Lankans who did the killing in New Zealand. And that's Sri Lanka. I mean, look, this, this, this is how much sense this argument makes. Because the neighbor on my left stole my lawnmower, I'm going to retaliate by stealing the lawnmower from my neighbor who lives on my right. Because this this guy said some bad words to me at the supermarket today, I'm going to retaliate by chewing out a woman at the post office. Do you see where the reprobate mind goes? Nowhere. It makes no sense. So the bottom line of this couple of bottom lines. Maybe I got 4A, B, and C here. I don't know. The Muslim attack in Sri Lanka is infinitely many times more heinous than the attack in New Zealand. I'm not, den- I'm not denigrating the, the Muslims in the, as, as far as their loss in New Zealand, but th- but the comparison cannot be made that they are even remotely equivalent. The Sri Lankan bombing 
far more heinous for the reasons I have given you, multiple reasons. And yet the media has a deafening silence and would have you believe the worst crime of the century was not the killing of over 300 Christians by Muslims in Sri Lanka. It's the killing of 49 Muslims by one whack job in New Zealand. And why? Well, if Islam is a lie and Christianity is a truth and the Bible is true, it says the world loves a lie, well, there you go. Second Thessalonians 2 says that in the latter days, God will send a delusion upon the people of this planet that they would believe a lie. And people knowingly believe lies. It just it, it amazes me how there is so little quest for truth because the truth convicts. The truth is inconvenient. The truth is going to unsettle us. The truth calls us into an accountability to God. So if New Zealand is out banning guns because of one man's attack on Muslims, should not, maybe Sri Lanka should ban the Muslim faith because of the killing of Christians. I don't know. I mean, I don't, okay, let's keep moving here. I don't even know what point I'm up to. Uh, five, six here. The But the media silence is, it's just, it's absolutely deafening. But the media silence reveals the utter hypocrisy of the media. The next point, 9-11, we had three, over 3,000 people killed by 19 Muslims in the United States. And so Ilhan Omar Shmomar, Ilhan Shmalohu Shmakbar Omar, in giving a speech and addressing 9-11, uses a phrase which you've heard talked about much on Hannity and others, where some people did something, obviously avoiding any connection with their own precious faith, which was responsible for slaughtering over 3,000 innocent people in the United States. So in making this point about media hypocrisy, consider this. What would have been the response if Donald Trump, after the New Zealand incident, after the New Zealand massacre, and in reference to the New Zealand massacre, said, uh, well, in New Zealand where some guy did something. Let's say he used it, some guy did something in New Zealand. Like some people did something on 9-11. The media would absolutely crucify Donald Trump. Absolutely crucify him. Well, I want to conclude. There's a spiritual application here. comes out of Revelation 6, 9 through 11. And I'm going to give you, a, you know, I'm not going to give you a second, but grab your Bible. Okay, was that long enough to grab it? 6, 9 through 11 says that in the end times, there said, I saw the altar of the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord? Holy and true, will you not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And I say this as a matter of consolation to our Sri Lankan brothers and sisters. Because it goes on, verse 11, it says, And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that they should be killed as they were. That, that that should be fulfilled. God is, there are people in heaven who are asking God, apparently, when are you going to avenge our blood? We were martyred for the cause of Christ. We were slain. When are you going to avenge it? And the Lord says, well, I will. It's just not yet. There are more that need to be martyred. There are more that are going to give up their life for my sake. And when that's fulfilled, there indeed will be retribution. There will indeed be a judgment. Folks, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. This is not a casual event wherever uh, a Christian is martyred or they are slaughtered. I won't say that they were necessarily martyred there, but, but, but sort of. 
I get that. That's this is a precious. This didn't escape God's notice. He's received unto him those who are serving him. They're going to serve him in greater measure. They're joining all these others who are wondering, when will you avenge our blood? So a seven-year-old girl who was killed, asking the, the Lord, I don't know how this works in heaven, but saying, you know, God, when will you avenge my blood? Cause they, and he said, well, just, you know, just sit down, sweetheart, for a minute. Just, just be patient because there are more to come in that's got to be fulfilled. And then I'm going to take care of it. It's going to be all done. I'm going to I'm going to resolve this. And there are, and and Scripture goes on in Revelation to say that those are that special commendation is given to those who are beheaded for the cause of Christ. Those who don't take the mark of the beast. Those who die as martyrs. There's special favor and recognition for those who have died for the cause of the gospel. It says in Revelation twelve eleven, it said they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved their lives not unto death. Love their lives not unto death. How many of us in this country really, really embrace not loving our lives even unto death? Are are, are we there? Have we? Have we uh, reached that point in our walk with the Lord that we are really truly willing to give it up, that we wouldn't compromise like that gal at Columbine who when the guy, uh, Claybar, Clayman, I can't remember, Claybold, looked at her and said are you know something about are do you still believe in your God? And that gal says, yes, you know I do, and he blows her away. Trust me, folks, there's a special place in heaven for those who die for the cause. And it is so, and it, that being the case, this last piece just brings chills to me. The Sunday school at Zion Church, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Batakaloa, Sri Lanka. One of the survivors reported, and I just need to quote him. He just said, today was an Easter Sunday school at the church. And we asked the children. Now, i got to inter- interject this. This is moments before the bombing. We asked the children, how many of you are willing to die for Christ? How many of you are willing Every single child raised his hands, her, his, their hands. KKXX Paradise K280GL Chico and K283AR Sour from townhall.com I'm Keith Peters After a contentious day between Democrats and Attorney General William Barr on Capitol Hill today Barr will not testify at tomorrow's House Judiciary Committee hearing on the Mueller report. Barr opposed plans by Democrats to allow committee lawyers to take part in the questioning. Republicans, including Georgia's Doug Collins, said plans to let staff members question Barr in an open session was unprecedented. If a staff member wants to ask questions, run for Congress. Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler. No witness can simply dictate to this committee the manner in which he or she is questioned when it is fully in accordance with House rules. Nadler earlier said he would take whatever steps were needed if Barr refused to testify. Capitol Hill correspondent Wally Hines reporting. Meanwhile, a U.S. senator is raising serious questions about the genesis of the Russia collusion investigation. Senator Lindsey Graham says one thing's for sure about the FBI probe into Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server. We know that the person in charge of investigating hated Trump's guts. Graham says he'd like to know if that hatred led to Hillary Clinton being exonerated despite the evidence. And a counterintelligence investigation of the Trump campaign was warranted. The agent heading that investigation vowing in text messages to stop Trump from being elected. Bob Agnew reporting. And in Venezuela today... 
Venezuelan's heated opposition leader Juan Guaido's call to fill streets around the nation Wednesday, but security forces showed no sign of backing his cry for a widespread military uprising, instead dispersing crowds with tear gas as the political crisis threatened to deepen. Thousands cheered Guaido in Caracas as he rolled up his sleeves and called on Venezuelans to remain out in force and prepare for a general strike. A down day on Wall Street with the Dow declining 163 points to close at 26,430, the Nasdaq dropping 45 points with the S&P 500 lower by 22. More on these stories at townhall.com. When it comes to your pain, many of you might be skeptical, like I was, about ordering Relief Factor. Pat Boone again for this wonderful 100% drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, everyday living. I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you 